0: Everyone and welcome to this episode of the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political Acorn, Kobe Omanarco. And as always, I'm joined by our co-hosts and political oak trees, major oaks, I'm thinking here. I'm thinking Nottinghamshire, in Diane and Tatten. Guys, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm struggling to be honest, Kobe, because I've got King Charles the First hiding in my oak leaves from the Civil War <laughs> period. Is that what he did? It was quite a surprise when he started to climb up. But he was like, yeah, oak trees are timeless, mate. It doesn't matter. The the space-time continuum can be broken. (laughs) Oh, I've been to see the Major Oak. I don't know what the Major Oak is.
2: It's where where Sherwood Forest used to be, like, huge and all that kind of thing. You can go and see the Major Oak that features, like, in all the stories and folklore. But it's all, it's, it's actually held up with stuff. It's so old. It's like being propped up, but pretty cool. I like being an oak tree. Thank you, Kobe.
0: No worries. It's where, it's where Robin Hood used to hang out, supposedly, if he was a real person and his and his merry men. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And and Maid Marian. Why are, you, why are you painting Maid Marian out the picture?
0: Maid Marian was the most important of the merry band when I was a kid growing up because of the TV show.
1: I mean, the TV show was the greatest. It was. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Let's get into the meat of this episode. Let's head on to part one. What posts have performed best this week on the Simple Politics Instagram feed?
1: Well, we're going to start off uh, with Jeremy Corbyn. There's been a lot of talk about immigration and business and how we should move forward as a country this week because the CBI, which is like loads of business people, we're going to talk about it slightly later as well, get together once a year and all the politicians do like a little walk and display for them and they say how great their party would be for business. And one of the big questions there is at the moment is how are we going to... What kind of immigration are we are going to get in? Are we going to get lots in to do stuff? Are we just going to kind of grow our own versions? Like, it takes a long time to upskill people to do some of the jobs that we have been relying on immigration for. So there's all kinds of questions in the air. Everyone spoke about it. And then Jeremy Corbyn tweeted, without immigration, the trains wouldn't run, businesses wouldn't function, and the NHS wouldn't exist. We will not end cheap labour by dividing workers and belittling migrants' contribution. People just love a bit of Jeremy Corbyn. And so we posted what Keir Starmer said. We posted what Richard Sunak said, and they didn't do that well. And then Jeremy Corbyn weighs in and uh, loads of likes, loads of people say yes, yes to this. It always feels a bit odd because uh, Diane wrote this post and it's Jeremy Corbyn, comma, independent MP. I think it's easy to forget that he's no longer part of the Labour Party. That's extraordinary. I mean, you could, in fact, Kobe, I'm sure that you would say the word unprecedented at this stage you love that <laughs> word but to have the leader not be part of the party like three years later is amazing
0: these kind of comments really hit home with me because my my dad well we emigrated here from nigeria when i was two years old uh, my dad is a doctor was a doctor with the nhs so when when you see things like this and see how you know i've spent a bit of time in hospitals with my poorly relatives and you you, you notice that people aren't all from the uk and it's but they're all astounding they're astounding people and it just yeah it does these kind of things do really resonate with me so um yeah jc thank you very much for your for your comments there
1: i think it's important that everyone would agree with what you've just said Like the prime minister would agree with what you just said keir Sturm would agree with what you've just said it's just a question of of where we go forward from here rather than you know suggesting that anybody who works in the nhs wherever they come from is any is any less valuable
0: Okay, on to number two. Diane, what do we have here?
2: So this is a really interesting news story that came out this week, which was a little bit hidden and not something that was covered in great detail in other places. But there was a trial in the NHS in Gloucestershire where basically they took a real preventative approach to care last winter and they paid for the heating bill of 28 people who were low income earners and had conditions that potentially could be made worse by by being in a cold in a cold house so featured in the article we read about it you know there were people who you know with all sorts of like rheumatic conditions or whatever who just by having a warm home actually their life Improved amazingly for for that winter, and they didn't end up in hospital. It actually was a cost benefit to the NHS. Actually, paying the heating was less than if they had have ended up in hospital with pneumonia or something that would have taken a very long time. So that they, they've weighed it up, and it's so successful, it's going to be rolled out further. So more homes in Gloucestershire, but also some homes in Aberdeenshire and Teesside. So. It is working. It works, and it's proven to work. But the comments were really divided on this. Really divided. Actually, quite a lot of people called it dystopian um, that the NHS were having to pay for people's heating
1: with with some interesting spelling of the word dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hold on, you guys can't comment.
0: You guys can't comment on spelling. No, we really can't. I saw can't. how you spell Teesside in we one post. We really actually can't. <laughs> we really, really, really can't. We really
1: can't, no. There was no
0: eye influence of eye play in one that post I saw tant. this week.
1: <laughs> All right. I mean, yes, that was me. Goodness, mate. I mean, there I am, happily, happily having a go at our followers, which I think is a perfectly reasonable thing to do, and Sonia being mean to me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and um, other people saying that it it shouldn't be up to the NHS, which is an interesting point because where else does the money come from? If you want to take that, it's a real different approach, isn't it? That being upfront with the funds, because long-term, it's actually better. But lots of people saying it shouldn't come from NHS budgets. And then some other people, again, just piling in because it's hard for everyone at the minute saying basically i can't pay my heating bills so you know where do i get help again you know that that's that's all coming through so it's a real although the policy works and it's great it's definitely one that, that is a little bit more contentious when it's out there in the general public and they're commenting on it.
1: For for a very long time, it's been acknowledged that the reason the NHS is struggling so hard isn't because of funding to the NHS necessarily, it's because of failures elsewhere. And the NHS has to pick up. If you're not eating well enough, then you, you end up in the NHS if you're not warm enough, you end up in the NHS. If you're not, you know, if you can't get to work because the buses aren't running, you can't earn any money because of that, you can end up in the NHS. So the difficulty the NHS has is based around all other government departments. You know, defence, if people aren't getting, if veterans aren't getting looked after properly, it goes to the NHS. And so now we see heating, the heating problem going to the NHS because, because of, no one should have a cold house anyway. We'd, nobody should have a cold house. So what's happening is the people who will be most ill because of it are being having their housing but and that's going to come out of the NHS budget rather than anybody else's budget. And that's why that is the single biggest reason the NHS is in, is in the state it's in And I think that's widely misunderstood as an NHS funding issue rather than social funding in in lots of other ways from lots of other places
0: i think this is super interesting and it's, it's great it's, it's a great example of thinking outside the box right yeah we've all heard that term i'm sure i did it in my gcse history uh where I did the history of medicine uh the prevention is better than the cure and this is this is those guys the guys in gloucester now spread out to other areas saying yeah it's going to cost us money to hit you but at the same time if you ended up in in nhs care it will cost you x times as much so it's actually a net saving
1: they've got to play the cards they're dealt they can't turn around and say well we shouldn't have a heating problem anyway they they the heating problem has arrived with them and they've got to deal with that
0: let's head on to the most popular post this week talking about everyone's favorite football competition Tatten. this is your one to take point on
1: for the euros uh, recently (laughs) we posted a couple of times uh, because because I was ludicrously excited that it's coming home.
0: You're talking about the Lionesses here, right?
1: Uh, no, I, I, the, the men's Euros. Before I think we did it for the Lionesses as well. Uh, with the men's Euros, it was partly to tease our followers because I know lots of them don't know like football and I was really excited. So I thought it was fun to put that up more than once. But people really liked it, got lots of likes, but they didn't get as many likes. Being positive about the England team Didn't get as many likes as we're getting now for criticism of the World Cup, criticism of Qatar. And also we've we've pushed together the two top posts because there's one about Iran, because obviously it's in Qatar, but England were playing Iran and the BBC and the build up were just really heavily focusing on the terrible, terrible regime in Iran. And also the the armband thing, where FIFA have stopped people wearing an armband about inclusivity. No, down with inclusivity. What? I mean, what? What? I just it blows your mind. What I'm hoping is that England beat America. So so 7 p.m. tonight. England win. So we got six points. So we're going through to the next round. And I'm hoping that against Wales. The capped Harry Kane can walk on with the and just take the booking. Well,
0: him and Gareth Bale, it'll be, it'll be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I think it's unlikely that Wales will not need a wit. Like, it, it's <laughs> unlike Wales will they can't yeah. have qualified already. So, so we've got a game, sure. it's a free pass, so to speak, mm-hmm. and we could take the booking, and that would be a lovely, lovely raised middle finger to FIFA. And as possible. Or you can just sub him off and bring on a separate captain, bring on Callum Wilson, make Callum <laughs> Wilson captain, and Callum Wilson can take the take take the booking. Well, another, another great
0: option is as it gets to the final throws, it's clear that Wales aren't gonna get through. Gareth Bales goes to goes to the sideline, picks up an armband, swaps out the, the standard one, puts on the rainbow one anyway. For the last few minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if Wales aren't going... I hope that's not the case, because I want Wales to be going through. If you're 4-0 down in the last five minutes, bang on the armband.
0: Go and get an armband,
1: yeah. People are really into it. People are really into the politics of this World Cup, I think, more than the football of this World Cup. Despite the fact that football's been really good and I've been watching loads of it, don't tell anyone.
0: <laughs> you did declare that would be the case last week. Uh, Diane, has he has Tatum been as... Um,
1: attentive as <laughs> normal uh,
0: over this past few days
1: G- uh, that's a no. <laughs> no i mean diane's laughing because i'm not normally that attentive she's like i can't really tell a difference at least he's telling me he's watching football at the moment normally he just disappears
2: <laughs> uh, no it's all good Diane, you don't have to all laugh good.
1: quite so hard yeah um
2: that just tickled me <laughs>
0: On that note, let's head over to the mailbag. Uh, this is the section for you guys as the readers and listeners um, to give us your opinions. We have a couple of voice notes again this week. Guys, we like this. Do listen out, do read out for the posts on the uh, IG feed. Typically a story um, to give your yeah give the opportunity for you guys to leave your voice notes. So we have a couple, I think, this week. Uh, Diane?
2: We do. We do. First up, we have a voice note with a great question that I'm actually quite want to know the answer to and it's from katie carrot the best name ever um on instagram so let's play it here we go right i want to know why mps when in the houses of parliament house commons why they make all that awful noise i understand that they're probably trying to agree or disagree with what other people are saying but it's so distressing to hear i find it's just really it's just horrible if i'm yeah, when I listen to it on the news or podcast or radio, I, it's really disturbing to hear grown adults behave like that. And I want to know why they do it, why it has never been stopped and what the purpose of all the grunting is. Great question.
0: <laughs> I love that question. Is this is this something that's unique to the UK? Because I, I remember Barack Obama seeing like the PMQs once and saying, we should do that like in America. And everyone's like, no. <laughs> But is this is this kind of shouting heckling unique to the UK political system? As far as you know,
1: I cannot. I, uh, forgive me, I can't remember where it was. But 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 there was a fist fight in Parliament a couple of years ago. It, it, in a Parliament around the world, they they actually like the like it was a big brawl. So so it's we're not completely alone. Um, if you look at the EU Parliament, they all sit silently with their translator. I mean, you know, the point of this is to show your side and to show your support because in a democracy you don't just have to do the right thing you have to show you're doing the right thing you have to show the country because otherwise no one's going to vote for you next time around okay so you've got to get behind you've got to get behind your leader you've got to make it so clear that what they're saying is the only correct thing to say the speaker will stop people jeering more than they will stop people cheering. But if you're if you're a constituency MP, no one outside of Team SP and the Times knows your name, right? You can't get up there and make a really key point. But when your colleague does, when the, your leader makes that point, you've got to get behind them. You've got to say yes, this is it. And it's I mean, it, it, it doesn't have any place in 2022, probably not. It's always been this way and it's much, much, much better than it was. There's a story about um an MP called uh, Nicholas Soames and uh, he was Churchill's grandson, I think. And when a woman rose to speak in the commons, he would make breast shapes in front of his chest. Then someone who, with whom he had an affair... Described uh, being amorous as like a uh, chest falling on you with a very small key, and then whenever he stood up to speak, uh, everyone just waved their little fingers at him because that was the kind of atmosphere in there. It's better than it was sometimes. Normally,
0: tradition is um, is is essentially why it still happens.
1: Well, no, it is it is this getting behind your team, and it's and it's important. For the MPs feel it's important to make that point. And Katie Carrot's so exactly right that when you're listening to it and you're watching it, it feels alienating and it feels, it feels uncomfortable. But that's what they're doing. And if we had PMQs in silence, you know, it would be difficult for the Conservative MPs to show the support. Would I change it? Yes. Would I get rid of it? No. Not altogether.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, like I've I've talked a couple of times about how I really enjoyed that PMQs where Keir Starmer was, was like backed behind his with all his all his all his boys all his all his all his gang behind him all shouting "gun" at the same time.
1: We had that this week with um, an SNP MP listing things they didn't vote for. Before we go on
0: to the next question, is there anything to, does does the chief whip pay attention to who shouts and heckles in agreement or not? Do they? go, kind of, Oh, Jeff, you weren't uh, you weren't shouting loud enough this past few weeks. Is there anything wrong? Is there anything? Is there you disagree with?
1: They're all MPs, actually, uh, it's a little known fact that they get fitted with a personal decibel reader uh, that feeds <laughs> back to other computers and they can tell exactly how loud you've been. Uh, yeah, so no, no, they don't, no. <laughs>
0: on to the next question, Diane.
2: Yeah, so next up, we have a question from Freddie on Instagram. Just Freddie, just Freddie this time. No, no sonium. So... Here we go. How much does Russia's war with Ukraine actually count to the cost of living crisis? Okay, so just in case you haven't caught that one, that is... How much does Russia's war with Ukraine actually account for the cost of living crisis?
0: Well, that was it. Was Liz Truss's standard answer, wasn't it? It was because of Ukraine that this is happening. But sorry, carry on, Dan.
2: No, no, you're absolutely right. If you if you listen to a lot of speeches at the minute, the war in Ukraine is definitely cited as a massive factor towards cost of living crisis. And this is such a difficult question, you know, how much that, you know, to put a quantitative figure on it is just, you know, impossible. And I guess one thing it did really, really make me think back to is right at the start when Russia first invaded Ukraine, we did an Instagram post and it was from Martin Lewis, you know, money expert, Martin Lewis. It it absolutely flew um, because he called it out right at the beginning and said, There will be, you know, he said there could be, there will be a shift in the narrative here where Ukraine will be blamed for, for everything cost of living wise that is to come. And some things were already tough. You know, council tax was already going up, broadband, mobile, you know, all of this stuff was already happening. And he kind of said, just look out for that you know, because that could be a a thing that happens. But undoubtedly, undoubtedly, it is a factor. It's not helping because it, you know, the one thing it did do was massively increase the oil and gas prices, you know, from an energy point of view, the Russian oil and gas and everything like that, that was a factor from the war in Ukraine. But it's not the only factor. We are still in the aftermath of COVID and what happened and businesses recovering and debts to be paid off, all that kind of stuff. You know, you've got a lot of economists talking about Brexit. That's what I'm not going to get into, but there's definitely that factor. You know, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are other things. And I guess as a final point, because I'm talking a lot on this, it's just to say that other countries also Are supporting Ukraine and have that, you know, are also sending military into Ukraine or also, you know, putting some of their budgets towards Ukraine and supporting them. Yet, this week we've heard from a leading economic group that the UK is probably going to be worst hit over this winter and the next few months in terms of um, our economic growth. We're going to be hit probably hardest and we're going to be probably last out of um, a recession as well. So it's not all Ukraine. There are other, there are other things. That's a bit of a fluffed answer, but that's
0: hopefully. No, it's good. I think it's good good that you touched on on a lot of aspects there. Um, Other countries aren't dealing with Brexit, for example, and our reaction to COVID was different to other countries that contributes, but uh, yeah, I guess Ukraine has been a large impact on that. But I, I don't, I don't buy Liz Truss's stock answer to difficult questions. that <laughs> she said, it's the war in Ukraine. <laughs> guys, should we get over to the PM watch. So yeah, we haven't seen or heard so much of Rishi Sunak in the wake of things like Qatari uh, World Cups. But what has he been up to, guys? You I trust your simple politics spies have been? keeping abreast with his movements?
1: Yes. Briefly, like during halftime of matches, I've been uh, keeping an eye <laughs> on, uh, on Rishi. He was in Ukraine for a bit. He popped over to see Zelensky and then promised we're now sending helicopters, which we've never sent, sent before. I don't know what we need, but apparently it's helicopters and that's what that's what we're sending now. He popped up at the CBI, which is that where they did their little dance for the business people. He used the word innovation a lot because innovation is a great way of growth without government support right <laughs> if people are just off innovating and they're off they're off doing their own thing and then start like make loads of money and have a really good business i mean sure they might get some tax cuts along the way but that's that's their dream is that you know dyson like he he invented Whatever like, and now he's got a few pence, and he employs a few people, so that's that's fantastic. we like innovation, lots of child immigration as well because people talk about illegal migration, but it's also the home secretary couldn't give away that somebody who could have an absolute right to be here could reach the country legally so it's an absolute state. we need to talk about that more in a different podcast I mean there's a lot of I've been getting down about this stuff because I feel like there are so many people with no power. The story this week has been about a little two-year-old boy who died because of the state of his flat. And these tenants had no power. And you think about Grenfell, these are, again, tenants who had no power. And we're talking about migrants who have no power and no agency. And that's obviously set against strike action where people are taking power people are are using using the power so the the distribution of power this is the pm watch section the pm obviously has a lot of power and they go to to the business people who also have a lot of power but there seems to be something a disconnect between the things they're talking about and the people who are experiencing it
0: Uh, let's head over to the final section, crystal ball. What will be the big stories coming up this week? Well, I guess England USA. Hopefully, that'll be, <laughs> be a good game. I guess, um, Diane, what have you got in the? What have you got in the in the hopper for next week?
2: Do you know what? It's just terrifying because. Next week is December. Uh, I'm breaking, this is breaking news. And we haven't talked about Christmas this week. (laughs) No, no, but the fact that it's December (laughs) is terrifying. So there's only a few weeks of Parliament left. There's only a few weeks of 2022 left. So all those things that I thought I'd do back in January, you know, learn to handstand, don't know, all those, uh, you know, I've only got four (laughs) weeks to achieve.
0: (laughs) Why, Why handstand?
2: Apparently it's very good for you inversion
0: <laughs> so Christmas chat more more, more TV commercials more like uh, Will Ferrell um, making a reappearance as Elf and more of um, uh, Blink 182 making appearances in TV adverts so that's the kind of thing we're going to be seeing more of Christmas lights starting the problem with December
1: is that I can no longer be grumpy about Christmas no like it's December people can do as much like whatever have you
0: had a mince pie yet Tatten?
1: it's November <laughs>
0: I already had umpteen. Uh, Diane, have you had any mince pies yet?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> my uh, my stepson had a mince pie. Had bought a four pack of mince pies. Did try August. and slap it out of his hand. <laughs> well, no, because he he was. I I think he was doing it to uh, make me upset. He was like, "Oh look, I bought these mince pies." <laughs> days are coming.
0: There you go. There's another Christmas song from a Christmas advert. You're getting in the spirit there, Tatten.
1: One thing that I will say about Christmas, and you know how much I embrace the season. We have our, it's Black Friday today. Is it today? Oh, wow. Yeah. And we have our annual Black Friday, which is to keep our prices exactly the same as we always do, because they're honestly priced and we think they're worth it and all of that. If you are thinking about buying things for Christmas, which I think a lot of people are, please do consider the SP shop, spstuff.co.uk. We've got um, Two Years Indoors, which is our... The story of the pandemic in England, as told through 100 SP posts. It's a collection of our posts just tracking what happened. It's uh, it's a document of history. We've got a card game, uh, Policy Odyssey, where you solve the world's problems and talk nonsense and laugh and maybe fall out with someone and never speak to them again, ideally. And then we've got my book, The Breakdown, which is, uh, though I say it myself, one of the top 10 books called The Breakdown that came out in uh, 2019.
0: Guys, head to spstuff.co.uk and do fill stockings all across the land, all across the world make it difficult for Santa Claus to get around because there's so much SP stuff in there that he has to deliver.
1: He, he just wants to read the book. He just wants to sit and read. Like he can't, he can't get get around.
0: Well, thank you very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure talking about the, the week that was on uh, Simple Politics. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week.